The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Guys, Ralph Marlboro here. You know... I take my flavored whiskey very seriously and would never steer you wrong. I want to tell you about Hardhide Ponchatoula Strawberry Whiskey. Hardhide Ponchatoula Strawberry Whiskey is a strawberry flavored whiskey blended with aged wheat whiskey, American light whiskey, fresh strawberries from Ponchatoula, Louisiana. It's 86 proof. Blended and bottled in New Orleans, Louisiana at the Porch Jam Distillery. Hardhide Strawberry Whiskey is not for the thin-skinned. Hardhide Ponchatoula Strawberry Whiskey is supporting Saints Happy Hour all football season. So support the people who support the show. Grab a bottle of Hardhide Ponchatoula Strawberry Whiskey today. You can pick up a bottle wherever fine spirits are sold in Louisiana, Mississippi, Texas, Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, and Tennessee. To learn more and to find a location to get a bottle near you, go to hardhidestrawberrywhiskey.com. That's hardhidestrawberrywhiskey.com. Ralph Marlboro, Saints Happy Hour Podcast. That's Saints Forecast. The way to follow him over on Twitter, be honest. Did you pour a second brown glass of liquid when Rashid Shaheed fumbled the opening kickoff? Well, no, Gus, because I was at the game with my seven-year-old son. <laughs> so I couldn't I, I had to watch the whole I had to watch that whole game. Stone Cold Sober. Because I had to, I had to, I had my seven-year-old son. I had to negotiate through him through the new and improved Superdome, which was amazing, by the way. And then I had to get in the rental car, get to the airport, and catch a flight to Houston. I was sober this entire game. That was the only negative experience of it. Um, but yeah, like it was. A, I mean, we were. I was trying to think of like, have the Saints ever had a worse start to a season and overcome it and won? <laughs> Well, along those lines, right, I, I, one of the things that really stood out to me, I, I came up with five things on Monday, and Dr. Josh Rillette to my right and I were talking about this to open the show. Defensive line, wide receiver, the fact that you're five nickel players. First, you went from zero snaps last year together to 41. Quarterback play, Derek Carr, my goodness. If you can't yeah. see that as an upgrade from a year ago, I can't help you. And the staff, I mean, they made adjustments, and they looked better coached. They looked prepared. They didn't flip out i i like the game plan it was fine the, the thing that stood out to me though i think you just alluded to when, when you just said hey that's um that's a game it, you almost feel like you just said that's a game the saints lose listen to car on sunday oh. kind of add to that listen well you know the exciting part was you know everyone talked about the weapons and you know throwing the ball down the field and all that kind of stuff that things we've been doing in camp but this we showed that we could win the ultimate physical type of game, right? Yeah, we showed we showed we could win a physical football game, um, and we're going to have to be able to win in any kind of different way. And so, um, I'm I'm just glad that we hopefully got that one out of the way. No, I'm just kidding. 
that's that's um that's along the lines of what you're saying there, right? I mean, Josh no, said I that's mean, probably it's, a it's, game you lose last year. It's I hundred percent. That was my Channel Four column on Monday. I mean, Dennis Allen sounded like a guy after the game. His post game, you know, sound that the Saints played to, to the team. He sounded like a guy who knew his team last year to lose that game. Like he knew it, and like. They had a quarterback that made the, that could make the two or three plays that they needed. They created turnovers, right? And those interceptions, God, those weren't like lucky interceptions. Those were like incredible defensive back plays, you know. So this team, like they, they overcame a, a ton uh, to win this football game. And I just look at it, and I want to say this: this is one of my pet peeves about the tape eaters and the people on the internet is like they get fascinated and, and I'm not going to name names because I don't want to, I don't want to be derogatory to anybody, but these people, they get so fascinated with plays, right? And they'll do like, Oh, Atlanta drew up this great play for B. John. And it's, this is amazing. <laughs> and they love to focus on one play, but I'm going to tell you, there was not a better coaching job, John, on Sunday. I'm not talking about preparation. I'm talking about in-game than Pete Carmichael. The Saints offensive line, Gus, it was a disaster. Four sacks, <laughs> nine hits. It was an abject disaster going into halftime. And the Saints fixed it. And the thing is, the, the tape eaters on the Internet, in order to explain to you why the Saints offensive line struggled and how they fixed it, in order to do that, you got to watch the entire game, and you really got to know football. You can't just pick out one play, design this, and say, ah, they tricked the safety here, this guy got wide open. Isn't that, isn't that cool? So, coaching, my point is, coaching jobs like the, the, what Pete did in the second half and it happened, those go completely unnoticed by the national media. It was tremendous, Gus. And you, I, you know, I'm not saying Pete Carlisle is a genius. I'm just saying on Sunday, that says good of offensive football coaching as you're going to see in game. Well, Ralph, I think that's great to hear from you just because we literally just were talking about that before the break. And I was just asking Gus how he thought Carmichael did since we gave him so much heat last year on play calling and whatnot. And Gus obviously talked about personnel and how how that makes a big difference. But it's nice to hear you say that you noticed – uh, Carmichael making the changes and how it showed up on the field. And along those lines, I think you're as good as, as your trust is, right? Like, it, that's right. You understand that, right, Ralph? Like, if the, if the play caller, head coach, whatever, trusts you, then you can call certain plays. I mean, right. you know, let's just take Pete out of this with Derek Carr. Let's go two seasons ago, Ralph, with Sean Payton and Jameis Winston, the old, he was handcuffed until he could right. trust him, right? Remember he threw the touchdown against Carolina, and he said, I just threw it up and prayed to God, and Sean said, that's not how it works. He didn't trust him. And so that offense didn't look like Drew Brees because he didn't trust him. And I thought that was the other thing that stood out to me with what Derek Carr had to say. Listen. Yeah, that's that's all Pete Carmichael, just trusting us as players. You know, it's a play that, you know, we, we talked all game. And after before that drive, it was a play that, I, you know, that him and I had talked about. I was like, Pete, I love this. And and what was awesome about that, it was our first game really playing together, you know, with all the situations, all the scenarios, game on the line. And Pete trusted us, you know, to make a play. And, you know, as a player, that, that means so much to us, you know, that he would trust us in that situation to go get that for him um, and for the team. And 
you know, hopefully we can continue to do that because uh, he showed us that he trusts us, so we got to keep proving to him every week that we can earn that. When you hear that, Ralph, what, what comes to your mind, man? I mean, it comes to my mind is, like, that's the that's the Sean Payton sort of offense, right? And that was a frustration of Derek Carr with the Raiders. They were getting – he was getting frustrated because Josh McDaniels, he wants it run a certain way. He doesn't want you checking in and out of stuff. He's sort of – I called it. I run it. Don't be switching it around and doing that stuff. And the Saints, they're – philosophically, they're entirely different, right? Even and, – and, and, I'll, and I'll use this example. Even – when they went from Drew Brees to Teddy Bridgewater in 2019, right? Sean Payton made the joke. He was like, he text, he's like, I texted Brees. I was like, Teddy wanted to switch it up. He wanted to have the snack before we dot the plays. And what that means is when they say dot the plays, Sean Payton would go through, Sean and Pete and the quarterback go through the plays, and they would say, which ones do you like? And he would dot them. And they would say, okay, these are the ones we're going to run. I don't like it. We're not going to run it. Like, that's. The, the trust and the authority they give the quarterback in this Saints offense, and it's got to be built on, we trust you, Derek, to get us in and, in and out of good, from a, from, a, from, a, from a bad play to a good play, from a, from a bad play to an okay play. And you saw it. Like, Derek Carr, he's in command of the huddle. He, he's just a guy that gives the Saints so much confidence. And, and another thing that I loved about the end of that game that Pete Carmichael did, when the Saints knew, they knew, they're like, we got to run out this clock, and Tennessee has been just taking our run game, stuffing it in a locker, and laughing at us. Mm-hmm. So the Saints knew, we, we got to try to run the ball. So instead of running Jamal Williams off tackle, they ran the Jets sweep, which, you can know, it didn't. It worked once, and he got a holding penalty on the other time. But that's a play. Like you gotta have a lot of confidence to run that play, Gus. Because we've seen it in, in with with Sean Payton, where they ran the jet sweep reverse against Tampa in like 2007. It went kaboom. They lose. Like that's a play. There's a lot of moving parts on that. You gotta have a confidence and an offense and a scheme to get that done. So I just think right. the Saints, they're feeling really, they're feeling really good about themselves. And listen, they, I'll tell you, Monday night show told me one thing. To, to, about Aaron Rodgers getting hurt after four plays. Saints better fix that a lot because Derek Carr, he cannot take the beat. He can't take the kind of beating he took Sunday. He can't do that. You can't have that even like every once in a while. Like you got to put a stop to that because he got the forearm to, to the to the face. Like that's just not. It's the, I don't care that he's in the best shape of his life. It's not a sustainable business model when your quarterback is, is getting beat up no. like that. So no. they got they've got to get it fixed. Guys, Ralph Marlboro here. You know I take my flavored whiskey very seriously and would never steer you wrong. I want to tell you about Hardhide Ponchatoula Strawberry Whiskey. Hardhide Ponchatoula Strawberry Whiskey is a strawberry flavored whiskey blended with aged wheat whiskey, American light whiskey, fresh strawberries from Ponchatoula, Louisiana. It's 86 proof. Blended and bottled in New Orleans, Louisiana at the Porch Jam Distillery. Hardhide Strawberry Whiskey is not for the thin-skinned. Hardhide Ponchatoula Strawberry Whiskey is supporting Saints Happy Hour all football season. So support the people who support the show. Grab a bottle of Hardhide Ponchatoula Strawberry Whiskey today. You can pick up a bottle wherever fine spirits are sold in Louisiana, Mississippi, Texas, Florida, Georgia, 
South Carolina, and Tennessee. To learn more and to find a location to get a bottle near you, go to hardhidestrawberrywhiskey.com. That's hardhidestrawberrywhiskey.com. Dennis Allen said he has confidence. And Ralph, we got about three minutes left here, but he said he had confidence in Trevor Petting. You got to give him time, right? You got to give like, him. You got to like, give him. It, it, you got to give him time. And here's the thing with Trevor Penning is, I know Saints fans were frustrated that the Saints they like the Saints drafted a project. I hate that, and I get it. Like you drafted a project top twenty, eh, I don't feel great about that. But even if you don't feel great about the pick, Trevor Penning is a project, whether you like the fact that the Saints picked him or not, and he hasn't even played two hundred plays yet. But the thing is, Gus. And, and this is the thing that I can't answer, only the Saints can answer this, is, and only they know it, is what's the level that Trevor Penning's got to reach to be able to keep starting every week? You understand what I'm saying in that he yeah. wasn't near yeah. that level Sunday, right? So there, there will come a yeah. point, and it will come quickly. I'm talking his rope is probably a lot shorter than you think. Like, if he plays like he played – if he plays like he played Sunday and the Saints have to go and move Taysom Hill to help him and, and all that stuff, uh, you know, in the second half or, or early in the game, like, he probably only gets one more week of that kind of level of performance. And the Saints will look. They'll be like, we're playing James Hurst at left tackle, and we're playing Pete at guard, mm-hmm. and, and Penning, you know, he's going to get reps in practice. We'll, we'll get him as the jumbo tackle, and maybe he'll work back into it. But, like, he's got to – He's got, I don't know. My question is, what is his level that he's got to get to to keep the privilege or whatever you want to call it to keep starting? Because he's not – Sunday, he wasn't near it. So that's my question because the Saints do, thankfully, they do have an option if Penning continues that's a good point. to play at his level. But in fairness to Penning and, 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 and Zach Street, who was with Denver, he was a friend of our program and – he told uh, our our guy, our coach, and Andrew Jude, last year in the preseason, remember, Penning, first game, disaster, right? And we're like, oh, my God. Zach Street told Andrew, he said, listen, Penning, he's going to be way better next week. I guarantee it. And he was. And now I know preseason is not regular season. But to me, that showed the ability for Penning to absorb it, correct mistakes, move forward. So we're going to see. And get me, let me tell you something. Carolina, that front is nasty. They got dudes, so we're going to see. And you know that Carolina is going to put the big bullseye on Penning, so he's going to get it. We're going to see. He's going to see. He's going to have to improve right quick. My defensive coordinator would be fired if they're not somehow absolutely <laughs> attacking. They're going to put the speed rusher right on. Nah, you, you the fastest guy they have, they're going to put right on. Well, I know, well, it's just that and just confusing. But to your point, it's something as we go to break it and, and wind up here with, with Ralph Marlboro at Saints Forecast on Twitter is this. Pete talked about it and Dennis Allen talked about it in the final week of training camp right after that last preseason game, Ralph, I believe, where he said that Penning's ability to not make the same mistake twice is a positive, and it doesn't take them that long to learn that. And I think, Ralph, unfortunately, the best way to learn it, I tell this to my kid all the time, I'm never going okay. to be upset at you to make a mistake. That's how you find out how to not make a mistake. You don't know it's a mistake unless it's a mistake. You have very legit oblique film 
this week that you can sit with him and be like, this is literally what happens if that first foot doesn't do this. If you don't extend your left arm, this is what happens. Like, that's the best way for him to learn, unfortunately, is to get the tail kicked. Does that make sense? It does. And listen, you know, the thing that's the, the, the good thing for the thing is if or slash when they figure out this offensive line, they are going to cook teams. Derek Carr mm-hmm. had 300 yeah. yards passing, and he had hardly no time. Can you imagine if they just moderately block Carolina without J.C. Horn? Good luck, Carolina. Garden Olave, Garden Shahid, Garden yeah. Mike Thomas. Garden, Agree. Like, Agree. Like, like, it's, it's really, it's really close. It's not one of those things, well, if this happened and this and that and, and the tooth fairy come like, we can have a good offense. No, it's just like, just be average on the offensive line. Just be average. So like, it's right, it's right there. So that's, to me, that's the positive. Like it's it's clear as day. We talked about it all summer. It's still there. Um, and I'm going to tell you this. I don't know how much time we have left, left, Gus. But Carolina, they aren't going to have J.C. Horn, and they aren't going to have both of their starting guards. I'm going to make a mm-hmm. prediction for you. America is going to get introduced to Brian Brassi on Monday night. Oh, that is my I like that. One I like it on that for you. All right, I'm writing it down. Ralph Marlborough, Brian Brzee is going to introduce himself to America in the first of two Monday night football games on the same day. I'd say forecast is the way to follow Ralph Marlborough over on Twitter or X, however it is you want to look at it. I didn't even get a chance to ask him about the Mexican aliens. 